so glad you're here. Wednesday night. Anybody remember what I've been talking about? Amen. Honor. That's good. Say honor. That was pretty good. Honor. This is such a big deal. Um, I'm, I'm seeing as, as uh, the, the pastors and I, and I don't know that I've talked with Zach about it, but I've talked with Stephen about this honor, about being under authority, that we have authority. And if y'all don't mind, I'm going to review just a little bit and uh, catch us up. Um, but let me just, let's just start here in Second John uh, chapter 1, verse 8. Let me just ask you, can y'all read that? It's a little hard to read, I felt like, back in the back. It says, look to yourselves that we do not lose those things that we have worked for. I've been trying to, to make a point that we can lose the things that we've worked for. You know, I've said this over and over. Especially now do we understand this, knowing what's happening in our economy, that we can wake up, we can go to bed one night and have our stuff, wake up the next morning and it be gone. And it sure is taking a long time to recover, if it is even recovering. But it's, it's slow go. But it says, look to yourselves that we don't lose those things which we've worked for. I think that's so important. Look to yourself. Uh, that's something that we're dealing with as, as uh, staff members, as pastors, looking to ourselves, looking. Where, I've talked to Pastor Stephen and myself saying, I feel like we need to be looking at where we are most sensitive because that is where Satan's trying to hit us. Have you noticed that, you know, when Satan tries to hit you in a place where you're strong, you can fight it pretty good. In fact, if somebody asked you to do something that you knew went completely against what you believed, you wouldn't do it. But if he hits that sensitive spot, we react. You know, whether it's criticism or whether it's a look somebody gives you or something somebody says to you or acts a certain way or who knows what. But I have, we all have sensitive areas in our life, right? But it says, look to yourself that we could lose those things which we worked for. But that we may receive a full reward. Say reward. You guys, my mother said, you're getting too much on the first service people. You should be glad they're here. It's bright and early. They've gotten up early. They're working hard. And she's right. But we need some responders. I need some people that will say something that's came in here to do God's work. Did you come in here to just sit go, sit through something? Or did you come in here, hopefully, to leave changed? We come in here with issues that we need dealt with. And I'm telling you, I don't have, I, I'm not the person that's going to, I'm not the answerer, God is. And we come in here expecting him to move. So, you know, there has been, there has been speaking, uh, in teaching and speaking, sometimes they say, don't, don't include the audience. Don't make them try to say something. But sometimes we just need to say something. And what we need to know that God is a rewarder. Amen. Thank you. God is a rewarder. He is a provider. And we can say these things. But have you ever noticed that if you ever really shout something or if you ever really just say it out loud, it takes new meaning. That may seem so simple, but whenever you just decide, reward, pastor wants me to say reward, reward, all of a sudden something clicks. Okay, that did wake me up. I'm ready to hear what he has to say now. God is a rewarder, and we see this word full, 
and my laser pointer is working again. Praise the Lord. Any of y'all were here, second service, my laser pointer wasn't working. So, anyway, we'll start, We'll stop there. What does it mean by a full reward? What can we draw from that? I believe that it means that we can receive a partial reward, we can receive a full reward, or we can receive what? No reward. That there is a no reward scenario. As you look at Scripture, as we start to look at this, I start to realize that in the ministry of Jesus, that there were people who received full rewards, who received partial rewards, and some received no rewards. Amen? This is all catch-up. Thank you, Tom. You're with me. But So let's look real quick at Mark 6. It says, now he could do no mighty works there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. Again, this is all review. But if you remember, he came back into his hometown, into Nazareth, and he could do no mighty miracles. Do you remember what the significance was? It isn't that he would do no mighty miracles. Would gives the uh, gives us the basis of it is based on his will. If he wouldn't do it, that's based on Jesus deciding, I'm just not going to do it. It's on his will. But it says he couldn't. You remember what that means? Which means he was restrained. And we saw in Scripture that he was restrained because they gave him no honor. Only a few sick people got healed. We saw a story where he was preaching, where he was teaching in a house full of arguably a hundred or so teachers and Pharisees. And it said that there was the power, the, the power of healing was there. The power to heal. It says in Scripture that the power to heal was there, yet no one got healed. Until somebody desperately tried to get in, couldn't get in through the door, and they opened up a place in the roof and lowered a man down in. And that man was healed. But when Jesus went to healing, when Jesus went to minister to him, he said, your sins are forgiven you. And if you remember, those teachers all were thinking, who is this guy to say your sins are healed? Your sins are forgiven. Who is he to say that? And Jesus says, which is tougher? To say your sins are forgiven or take up your mat and walk? And he said, take up your mat and walk out. And all the people were amazed, but they didn't get healed. Are you with me? They, it said that they that he knew their thoughts. He, he said, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking this. And they dishonored him with their thoughts. Where am I going here? Um, I'm, I'm not quite there. Let me keep going. We, I, let me review this word honor again. The word honor comes from the Greek word timi. You should know this. This is my third time going over this. It's spelled T-I-M-E, just like the word time. The literal definition of the word timi is a valuing. A valuing. When you speak of the word honor or timi to a Greek man, he thinks of something valuable. Remember where I'm going? Something that's precious, something that's weighty, such as gold. What I've said each week, this will be the third time, you don't put your gold or your jewelry in junk drawers. Sometimes you even purchase something to put your valuables in. Think of what you consider valuable. But if we we'll look at the opposite of the word honor, maybe we get a better understanding. But the word dishonor means, the Greek word means, to treat as common. Am I going too fast? To treat as common or ordinary. It means not to esteem, to give little respect. So, 
Conversely, to honor means to respect. You highly esteem. And as we have studied this, we can see that we can honor in action and in word and in thought. These are all the ways that we can express honor. I'm going very fast, but I feel like we've got to continue to build this foundation. But all true honor originates in the heart. It says in Isaiah 29, 13, these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips, but have removed their hearts far from me. And their fear toward me is taught by the commandments or the precepts of men. You can say the right things. You can do the right things. But God knows your heart. We can sit here and we can quote scripture all day long. We can get judgmental in people's faces and give them the right scripture all day long. But but God knows where our heart is. I've said this over and over. Do you know Satan knows scripture? He repeated scripture to Jesus. That shows that he's not that bright. Do you you hear me? You would think the one person we would not fight scripture with would be the word. Jesus is the word. And Satan would, would put the scripture out before him. And Jesus says, no. No, you you have it twisted up. I know the heart. You can act you can act right, but he knows the heart. We looked at last week. We looked at a, a passage of scripture about the the Roman officer that came to Jesus said, I have, "I have a man that's sick. I have someone that's sick, and I need you to heal him." Jesus says, "Okay, I'll come with you to your house." the The Roman officer said, "No, I don't need you to come to the house. All I need you to do is say the word." That's all I need you to do is say the word. And if you will just say the word, I know how it works because as a man under authority, if I speak this to one of my men, he goes. If I say go, he goes. If I say to the other man to go do this, he does that. I understand authority. All you have to do is speak it. He says, I'm not even worthy for you to come to my household. And do you remember, we saw the impact of how this was a Roman officer and a Jew. In the worldly sense, it was the conquered coming under. It was the conqueror coming under the conquered. Do you hear me? Rome was conquering. This man had worldly authority. Jesus Jesus didn't. In the world's view. Have I... Have, have I lost you? I'm sitting out here and I'm going somewhere and I'm. Amen. Thank you, Gerd. This, but the, the key is this, this Roman officer knew in his heart who he was speaking to. And he came, he, he removed himself from the worldly authority and put himself under kingdom authority. That is key. That is honoring. And when we come under and honor the king, the power can be released. When we go above the king, when we go outside of authority, I believe scripture tells us he can't do it. Because it does not line up with kingdom authority. 
Are you, are you here? This is, this is so good. If we can realize, it says, I'm a man under authority, so I have authority. I can have no authority if I have nobody over me to give me authority. My staff has authority because they are under authority. When you go to work, if you will come under authority, we will have authority. It's why I was saying uh, Sunday morning about Memorial Day. We are a nation trying to get outside of authority. We're a nation fighting to get outside of God, remove God from everything that we have. What are we doing? We are pulling ourselves out from under authority. And we're about to be in trouble if we're not already in trouble. We must be a nation under God. That's where our blessing has come from. But yet we are trying to pull that out. Okay. We also talked about the uh, Syrophoenician woman. Do you remember that? And Jesus called her a dog. Jesus called her a dog. He wouldn't even listen to her. And then he said, we wouldn't give children's bread to dogs. As Americans, we'd get offended. How dare you call me a dog? What kind of preacher are you? We would get offended and run, but she didn't. She said, yeah, but even the dogs get the crumbs. And Jesus says, great is your faith. Okay, I'll go on. If, if, if you want to go back, you can, again, get this on the website or you can get the CDs. Um, we can go through the motions, but God knows your heart. Now, Jesus makes an amazing statement. In uh, Luke 13, 35, and I'm going to go pretty quick. This was one week before he was crucified. He said, I'm going away. And he said, you will not see me again until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In other words, I'm going away and you're not going to see me again unless you honor the one. You the honor the one I send you in the name of the Lord. Why? Because Jesus says, he who receives me. He who receives you receives me, and he who receives him, I'm sorry, and he who receives me receives him who sent me. What do you mean? In John's gospel, it reads this way. He who honors you honors me, and he who honors me honors him who sent me. Let's look at it. Matthew 10, verse 40. It says, he who receives you receives me, capital me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. You, you, you must see here, and we can interchange this as honor. We must see that if we will honor Jesus, if we will receive Jesus, it says he who will receive Jesus receives the Father. He who receives me, or we can read it like this, he who honors you honors me. And he who honors me honors him who sent me. Verse 41 says, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. The next statement, and he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's what? Reward. And then in 42, and whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. What is Jesus doing? Jesus is giving us three levels of human human beings that we will encounter. 
There's nothing outside of this. It will be within these three. You will never encounter somebody outside of these three levels. What are they? Level number one. Those who are above you. That one's probably the, the easiest to see. Number two, those who are on your level. And number three, those who are under you. Come on. Sorry. Those who are under you in authority. And I want you to catch something here. There is a reward for honoring all three. We want to think that those that are under us deserve no honor. That is absolutely wrong. You wonder why they have a hard time working for you. Because you treat them like they're under you. I have found that those that I treat badly perform badly. Anybody ever experienced that? But when I treat them with respect and honor them in front of other people, not dishonor them, they'll go, they'll go to war for me. I'm the same way. Those that are over me, if you will just respect me and honor me, and you don't have, it doesn't have to be some big thing. But if I know you're with me and you love me and, and you're going to fight for me, I will fight with you. I will fight with you, for you. Receiving and honoring each of these levels carries a reward. Honoring each of the levels carries a reward. Let's look at the first one. It says, he who receives the, a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He who honors the prophet in the name of the prophet receives a prophet's reward. Now, I want to just kind of give a little spin on this. I believe if Jesus were here today, he wouldn't say it exactly like this. Why? Because he was talking to Old Testament people. In the Old Testament, God spoke through the prophets. He still does speak through the prophets. But in these last days, he speaks through his son, Jesus Christ. Right? The Bible says that Jesus gave himself, gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. I believe if Jesus were here today, he would say, he who receives an apostle in the name of an apostle receives an apostle's reward. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet receives a prophet's reward. He who receives a pastor in the name of the pastor receives a pastor's reward. And continuing on and on and on. Now, where am I going with this? We have seen by TV and some, some of us that have gone uh, all these third world miracles that happen every single day. All these great ministries going overseas and seeing all these miracles where the dead are raised. Uh, Peter and Phoebe have seen dead people raised in Uganda. Um, blind eyes seeing, deaf ears open where the lame walk. One, one instance, and I don't know if you've ever heard of this person, but he's nationally known. His name's Reinhard Bonnke. Sounds made up. Sounds like a name I would call one of my kids. But yet he is a very well-respected world world teacher and uh, uh, just minister. And I've seen it on TV and knew it was about to happen because someone had told me about it. And they documented it. And um, But yet these ministries go over there, see all these miracles, and they come back here. And a few sick people get healed. Anybody with me? I believe it is because of this one word, honor. Now, something that I have experienced personally is the difference that people in Uganda treat me 
This is, this is going to sound rough because you guys do not treat me bad at all. I believe you do completely treat me with honor. But it's not the same. They sit there and put you in the best hotels, which they do not have the money for. They will not allow you to carry a single thing. They come running and almost bowing. And it, it, I, I wanted to be embarrassed. You know, don't you know who I am? I'm just a regular person. And they're like, oh, no. You're not. You're not. And let us, let us do this for you. And it was a dying to me to have to say, okay. Even Peter, Pastor Peter, grabbing my stuff and saying, Paul, this is just the way it's going to have to be. Let me have your stuff. I'm like, Peter, I can't let you do it. He said, you're going to have to. This is the way it is over here. And we wonder what's happened. I believe that something that has happened is we confuse worship and honor. Forever and ever, we will worship Jesus Christ. We will worship the Father and we will worship the Holy Spirit. But forever and ever, we will give honor where honor is due. And I believe that what Americans have done, and this includes me, is we have lumped worship and honor together and it has robbed us. We don't get it in America. We don't get honor in America, and we don't understand it. Jesus said, the way you honor, the way they honor you is the way they honor me, and the way they honor me is the way they honor the Father. Do you catch that? When we, when we are disrespectful, uh, this is going to look like me, but let's, let's take me out of it. and we, Let's say we have Joe McGee in here. And when we do not honor the man of God that comes in here, the word says when we don't honor him, we don't honor Jesus. And when we don't honor Jesus, we don't honor the Father. I, I would take it even so far as a Sunday school teacher that is pouring into your life every single week. Or a life group leader that's pouring into your life every single week. When you fuss on them all the time, I believe it says, it's saying to the disciples, when they honor you, this is disciples. Are we disciples of Christ? When we go here to another Christian that we know is, is, a, is a person on fire for God and we go and we dishonor them, we've got to learn to apply that to the end. It's easy to go ahead and be ugly to one another and just think that's not a big deal. But it goes up the ladder. When they don't, it says to the disciples, when they don't honor you, they don't honor me. And when they don't honor me, they don't honor the one that sent me. I'm going to stop here. I, it, 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 I, I don't want it to come across as pastors trying to pull some thing on us to where we got to treat him a certain way. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that there are rewards to those that will honor. Again, the benefit is you, and it's me too. When I don't honor my, I've got my dad in here, and I'm called to honor my parents. And I believe when I don't, I step outside. I don't necessarily step outside of their authority because I'm not under their authority anymore. But I am under kingdom authority. And when I don't do it, I come out from under kingdom authority. I don't do it because I'm under his authority anymore, which I think almost in a sense he still does have authority over me. I, I don't know that. I don't know that I can prove that scripturally, but I don't see how I ever would surpass or become equal to my father. That just doesn't make, I, in, in an earthly sense, that doesn't make sense. 
So I would rather keep the picture of him over me and stay under that. I don't see anything wrong with that. The same thing here with maybe your pastor, that as a, in a spiritual sense, you come under that. Same thing with Jesus and God the Father. I need to be under authority. Same thing in a marriage with a husband and a wife and with children. I, I believe that's why the only commandment that kids have is to, is to obey their parents. If they will stay under that authority, they are covered. If we will stay under the, authority, the kingdom authority, I believe we are covered. And more so than that, we have authority. We have authority to speak in the name of Jesus when we come under his authority. But you can speak in the name of Jesus till you go blue in the face. If you're not under his authority, nothing's going to happen. You can say all the right things, but if you are not in the right place, it's not going to happen. All of a sudden, it tries to want to get deep, and I don't want to be deep. I want to be, yeah, authority, honor, obey. It's always, oh, obey, obey. I get to obey. And you know what I get? I get the reward. Obedience is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. We should desire to obey. That's a backwards way of looking at it. Everybody else is like, obey. You must be a manipulative, controlling, type A, whatever. I'm a type A. If you don't know it, I'm a type A. But I know where my hope comes from. And I have got to get under it. This word honor, evaluing, realizing that when I'm talking to my brothers and sisters, that I honor you and that you honor me and that we get under this so that when I honor you, I need to, when I'm with you and I'm talking to you, it's as though I'm talking to Jesus. It's as though I'm talking to the Father. How am I going to handle you right now? It's for my benefit. I'm the beneficiary. And not just do I come under authority, can I speak in his name, but there's a reward. There's a reward. I'm going to stop there. I hope I haven't just left you puzzled. I got a few of you looking at me like you're completely puzzled. And Where, where have you gone with this? I, I do want to throw this out that when, when the Roman soldier made that statement, if you'll just say it, Jesus said, I've not seen this much faith in all of Israel. And I just threw this out as a nugget. John the Baptist was in Israel. Is he saying he had more faith than John the Baptist? I think you could question that. And John the Baptist knew much more scripture than this Roman soldier knew. I'm not trying to degrade John the Baptist. I'm just saying Jesus responds to honor. Amen. I don't have a prayer prayer list. Can I have yours? Thank you. Thank you. Will you all pray with me just a moment? Father, I just thank you for today. And Lord, I just ask you that we would, sometimes in my fumbling around, that we miss the point. And I just desire that we hit the, that I hit the target, that, that your church, that in this pulpit, that we hit the target every single time. Father, I just ask you to uh, 
to help us to to come under authority. Just ask you to help us to come under authority. Lord, that we wouldn't try to do everything on our own, but that we would come under authority. And Lord, I desire to see miracles and I desire to see your power here in this church. And Lord, I want Church on the Hill to be an honoring church. And I believe that has to start with me. I believe that has to start with my deacon board and my pastors. Lord, I believe we've got we've got to turn from wanting what we want. It's unity is not getting what we want. It's giving up what we want. And Lord, I do believe we have a unified deacon board. I think we have a unified group of pastors, Lord. And I just ask you that we you would show us how we need to honor you. Lord, that church on the hill would be an honoring church. Lord, that we would honor one another and that we would honor you.